Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Thinking Project Podcast, where we interview founders and creatives to help you take the next step in your business by listening to inspired stories of these wonderful founders. I hope you enjoy this podcast and make sure to share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome, Bennett. Thanks for joining me, man. Appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, when when we met on LinkedIn and we and we met through our networking, I was like, yeah, this is sick. And then I just saw your post this morning about adding the new cookie flavors. And listen, like I'm <laughs> I'm a big guy and I love cookies, so I'm definitely all the way down for that. Um, but yeah, grateful that you're here. And why don't you like for those who don't know you tuning in, like my audience or or whoever's listening. Like, tell us a little bit about your background, like what you got going on right now. I know it's um, Dirty Dough. Mm -hmm. Dirty okay, Dough. Perfect. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Tell, us, tell us what you got going on. Yeah. Start a little bit before that. I've been, uh, my background is sales from, I mean, elementary selling candy bars on the corner <laughs> until I got kicked out to, when I was knocking doors and selling lawn aeration in like middle school. And then um, in high school to get through like the sports programs and pay for it, you had to go sell stuff. So it was actually yeah. cookie dough for wrestling and rugby. I was selling cookie dough and for football, it was like these little discount cards. Then it also was cold knocking on businesses to sell banners. Cause it's like, that's, if you want to go to football camp, you either have to have money or you have to sell banners. So I sold banners cause I didn't have the money. <laughs> um, so that, that's what I was doing. And I got into Cutco knives actually. <clears throat> um, and then I went and, served a, a service mission for the, the Mormon church and did that for two years. So that was some more door knocking <laughs> and then came back and started uh, selling pest control, building teams, recruiting teams um, for pest control and then satellite and then security. And then I jumped into solar. So that's what I did. We jumped into solar for a little bit, um, started a company after 18 months later, I had sold that. And then I jump in, jumped in full time to Dirty Dough. This is what's on what I'm doing now. So it's a it's a cookie franchise, and just try to develop the model to really lower the barrier of entry to for other potential business owners, for people that are you know wanting a business but they don't know how to really start it. So maybe a franchise route is a good route to go, but just trying to really simplify the processes and also bring down the costs. So in Dirty Dough, we are at, um, we franchise in December. We only have one store opening, um, but we just franchise in December and we have our first four, no, five, sorry, opening next month. Um, all of those ones are going to be in Utah, but we sold uh, 60 of them. So we have 60 Whoa. stores opening soon. <laughs> That's sweet. Holy cow. So 60 stores opening like all at once or is it, are they going <clears> to <throat> kind of be staggered or? Well, we're, we're doing about one a week till they're all open. Okay. So it'll take us about a, oh. a year. Um, cool. yeah. So just to try to space it out a little bit, but also, I mean, it's still going to be some pretty, pretty fast growth for us to start. Yeah. Opening. No kidding. But yeah. We uh, have, that's, yeah. We have Go a ahead. handful under construction right now and, and they're all, the first ones is June 3rd is when it's set to, uh, to open up. Wow. Holy cow. That's crazy. So you're going to be a busy man this next yeah. upcoming year, man. <laughs> <laughs> kind of running all out there. So that's an interesting, so first of all, I love that you're into sales and we, and I think we talked about this when we met before, but like had a similar story in elementary, like I did the same thing. Yeah. I remember seeing like the a la carte and I'm like, I know we can sell that for cheaper. Cause like my hometown was Walmart 
I was like, I know we can go get candy for cheaper and sell it. Totally did. And then got shut down by the man, uh, <laughs> AKA the school. And they would not let me do that anymore, but it's a great little way to like hustle. I think, I yeah. think knocking for, and like, and it's also one of those things that like, it, it kind of goes both ways. Cause I, you know, love sales too. And one of my like first laws of selling is like, don't skip the lemonade stand. And essentially it's uh-huh. like, you know, you, you got to buy the lemonade. You got to buy the chocolate, the cookie dough. Like you have to, like, if you're a salesperson yeah. in my mind, if a 10 year old walks up to me when like they're selling something to raise money, oh, for you, sports, yeah, you have to buy it. <laughs> you just like, all right, that's it. That's just if, what if, I got. Yeah, you you got to buy from other salespeople <laughs> and then people will buy from you for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's so, it's so true. But, um, I love, I, I love your kind of path, but it's interesting that you made the switch from solar from like the, D to D like door to door selling model into like franchise did is that something that you've always wanted to do or what prompted you to move into like franchising from from that type of sale yeah it was it was crumbles success just seeing another company um just absolutely kill it and i'm like wow they're 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 destroying it and i wanted to be involved with crumble um they require you to be an owner operator so they started in utah and i'm talking with them i want to buy a franchise and it's uh well, we don't have a franchise in Utah. Like you, you can't buy one here. So it's like, okay, well, where can I buy one? They're like, oh, you know, you can move out to Albuquerque. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm no, Albuquerque to start a cookie company. Yeah. I was like, I'll move to California. I'm going there anyway for solar. And at the time they weren't franchised there. So that's kind of, that, that got me interested. And I wasn't able to get one because they required me to live there. And I was like, I, I was wanting it more as a passive investment or kind of a side, side thing, not my full-time uh, yeah, job. Yeah. And that's what they required at that time. So, but that got me interested. And then just somebody from uh, that I actually went to high school with a little brother's friend, he was looking for some investment money. So I gave him some money to take his cookie company out of Arizona um, from a delivery only out of his apartment to an actual storefront. And then later when he had that storefront, I was trying to buy a franchise. I was like, I'll be your first franchisee here in San Diego. And uh, anyways, he, he ended up, he was just burnt out and he, he wanted to sell the company. So Kind of after I was like excited to be a franchise, I picked up my location, negotiated my lease, everything. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to franchise, probably going to sell the business. And I'm like, all right, I'm interested in buying that. <laughs> Just kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> so it was kind of, uh, it, w- it definitely wasn't planned at all. It just was situational. I just listened to something. So this was in January of last year of 2021. And I just listened to something about people get like true wealth and true freedom from businesses and real estate, buying businesses and buying real estate. I'm like, I've never bought a business before. Um, I've, I, I do buy real estate and I have a handful of rental properties, but I'm like, let's just, let's just go for it. Let's just jump into the market and, uh, and see what happens. So it was, it was very nerve wracking for a while, but <laughs> yeah, it seems, it seems like we're pulling it off. So we'll see. No. Yeah. It looks like you're doing great, man. I, I love to see it. And I, it's interesting that you, you know, because I had never heard somebody say that I kind of one day looking at businesses and real estate is like this, uh, the same way. Like mm-hmm. one day I was, uh, I love to follow um, Andrew Gazdecki, I think is how you say his last name and I'm actually trying to get him on the podcast, but 
Okay. Um, he owns a company called Micro Acquire, which is like where you can buy businesses. It's just like a marketplace, but for like SaaS mm-hmm. and tech companies. And I was like, holy cow, I want to learn more about this. And I, and so I read a few books and, and, you know, started learning about everything. And it's really similar to real estate, like buying a business, like entering the business buying market is very similar yeah. to like entering a real estate and like how you, um, you know, um, Oh, what, what am I, what am I trying to say? Like evaluate them and stuff like that. Yeah. Pretty similar. Have you found that to be the case? Like now that you're kind of, I, involved? I, I, I'm not going to claim that I'm in, <laughs> that I know much <laughs> of what I'm doing. I looked at this and I saw business that had big potential that was selling cookies that had zero marketing, had a terrible location. Um, not good recipes to be frank. Like they were cookies. <laughs> they were good cookies. They weren't great. They weren't amazing. It was developed by, uh, you know, a 22 year old with no baking experience. So I'm like, well, if they're selling now, the, the, the company wasn't profitable though, but I'm like, with all these factors, no, no marketing, not a great recipe, not a good location. The labor was astronomical. Like I'm like, I could turn this around. So <laughs> that's kind of how I jumped into it was uh, it's not, you know, obviously I looked through the books and was like, okay, well, we lost money last year. Um, but then what can we do to, to improve it? So I would say it's a, it's it's similar to kind of analyzing a deal, but at the same time, it's a little different because you're. Well, I guess it's it's more similar to like a fix and flip, right? What's yeah, the business okay. worth now? What can I get my rents at now? How much do I have to invest? And once I invest it, considering the time, how much can I rent it out for? So, comparing it to a flick, uh, fix and flip is is I, I would say very accurate. Compared to like the, the last properties, I just closed on a property last week and I'm closing on another next week. These are new builds. So, okay. you know, you, you put your money down and they build a property for you. So there isn't. <laughs> so it's kind of nice that way. Yeah. Yeah. So That's these cool. ones, I, I was just in it for the appreciation because the market's crazy. You, you put yeah, money down, still, yeah. the market goes up and then you get, you know, the pricing from 10 months ago today, and that's $70,000 more, $80,000 more, $110,000 more. So <laughs> it's, it's yeah. crazy. At least the Utah market's been on fire. Yeah. And it's, and it has no signs of slowing down. It doesn't matter what happened, yeah. what happens in the economy. Like everybody's talking about recession <laughs> and stuff like that. Utah doesn't care. The market, the housing market in Utah doesn't care, <laughs> which is like that. I mean, that's a good thing. I think, you know, it kind of sucks for like people who, who might not be able to get in, but, but like our economy isn't slowing down. Like when everybody else's economy is slowing down and that's a big, Um, I mean, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like I get it like affordable housing. Um, The first and only, and last time I talked to a politician on my podcast, we talked about like affordable housing and, and uh, like we talked a lot about that, but I mean, ultimately, you know, it's kind of like that double-edged sword where it's like, you know, housing really does, have a big impact on a on an economy and a state and like if if you know if that stays steady or at least you know continues to grow then we got a good shot of not heading into like a big you know a big recession right so i think that's cool i mean i'm not an economist or anything but (laughs) (laughs) so so i love that though i mean it is on fire and and that's that's way sweet but let me talk like i love to geek out about sales and selling so how has as a small business owner so you come from and not small business owner, but as a business owner, right? You come from like that sales background. What helped you the most in your sales background to prepare you to be a successful business owner today? Um, going from, I'm going to be a salesperson 
And then looking at the income potential that I had, I shifted my mentality to be, I'm going to be a professional salesperson because if I'm going to make professional money, I need to be professional. And I, at the time when I jumped into door-to-door sales, I was going to college uh, pre-med. So I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a pediatrician and looking at making like 150 a year. Well, I went out this first summer in a few months, I made 20 grand. I mean, in, in two months, I mean like 24,000. That was my first summer. I just did the latter half. I got recruited halfway through my second summer. I made 250. I'm like, I made 250 in like four or five months. Like I need to take this seriously. Like I, I need a master sales because I was committed to eight years of schooling to become a pediatrician to make 150, 200 a year. So I, I, I need to, I need to, put in that same amount of work to be a professional salesperson. And when, when you go from kind of just selling something to be a professional salesperson, you'll, you'll, you know, kind of the journey, right? And it's all about professional sales is all about problem solving and diving in to find that the problem by asking the right questions. So that has helped me immensely with business. It's anybody that, that, you know, that I hire any vendors that we work with, it's always, what are you after? And how do I make this a win-win for you? Because that's that's the sales mentality, right? It's oh, do you want to you know do you want to buy solar? And like, no, I I don't. Well, why? Oh, it's too expensive. Well, what's too expensive about it? Is it the upfront payment? Is it the ongoing payment? You know, oh well, it's the the upfront payment. Okay, well you know, and you just keep diving in because we see all these problems and you just see the surface level. And every single time, there's ten layers deep, and that's the same thing with business. It's <laughs> What's going on with this cookie business? Well, why wasn't it profitable? Why aren't we doing marketing? Why are we in this location? Why are we having issues hiring? You know, why, 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 why? And then you get the answer and then you ask it again. Well, we're not doing marketing because we don't have the money. Well, why don't we have the money, right? And then you just keep going and you, and you really pinpoint. So anyways, that, that's what I love doing at sales. I love to ask the, the why questions to my, you know, they're looking for uh Pest control. I didn't think about it. Well, it's like, what do you mean you yeah. think of it? Like, that's a, why do you need to think about it? And then, oh, it's because I need to talk to my spouse. Okay. Why do you need to talk to your spouse type of deal, yeah. you know, without being annoying and you do it tactfully, but you slowly uncover what the true issue is. And then that gives you the opportunity to solve it. Yeah. And I, I think lo- a lot no. of people s- stop at the very surface. They don't keep pushing to the, what the root cause is. They just look at the surface problem. Yeah, no, I love that because, and that's like, that's when I, I know it kind of sounds funny, but, but this, what you're saying is like, if I, you know, if I get like, cause every once in a while, like I'll get hit with a really like bad cold DM or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that if I hit them with like any kind of objection that I know that if they're, they're not a good salesperson, they'll just leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and uh, 90% of salespeople don't follow up. So if I hit them with a, common objection yeah they don't know how to handle it and they'll never follow up with me i know that kind of sounds bad but it's like but it's also like dude like what else are we supposed to say like that's kind of my mentality when handling objections is like don't don't take them too seriously like don't put a lot of weight into it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. don't make it a bigger issue than it needs to be yeah and to kind of like move and like keep going right because a lot of sales people get really scared right yeah go ahead we, we were taught, you know, you have your, your true objections and you have your smoke screens. So yeah. you walk into 
um, RC Willie and somebody says, you know, how can I help you? And, you, and you're there to buy a refrigerator. And what do you say typically? Ah, just look. Yeah, yeah just look. Just look. Yeah, I just said that's last night. Nike, you're gonna you're gonna get the shoes. You know, you're getting the shoes. You could use the help. Hey, how can I help you? Nah, just look it. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, I'm good. I'll, I'll be um, that, that's a smoke screen, right? That's like, that's the super anyway. So, so one of the trainings I went through and, and what they taught was so a lot of those, like not interested, like that's a smoke screen, right? That's, that's yeah. not a, a real thing because there's, you're not interested because let's get to the, because, and see if we could overcome that yeah. um, and make it a win-win. But um a lot of times you just ignore it. <laughs> you know, you kind of ignore <laughs> it. You, I mean, you acknowledge it, but you don't right. have to resolve it. You acknowledge yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it. Then if they bring it up a second time, then you can think, okay, maybe, maybe this is a true objection. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that's kind of one of the, that's one of the things that I learned. Um, and actually I kind of stole it from a, from a, uh, a psychologist, but, but essentially what it was, was he had like aim. Like, so when you have like thoughts come up, you acknowledge mm-hmm. them you ignore them and then you move on or whatever. And, and I took that the same way, like what you're saying, right? Like you acknowledge the object, like, okay, yep. You don't have enough time. Totally get it. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, you just, yeah. Manage it. Whatever you, you, you can, have to do. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Oh, I'm in a hurry. And you're just like, Oh, I totally understand. I'll be quick. And then <laughs> an hour later you're signing paperwork. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. That and was my like, favorite that one. It wasn't an objection. <laughs> that was just a, a smoke screen. I know that was my favorite when I sold cars. Um, somebody's like, I don't have time to be here. I was like, cool, me either. What are you looking for? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm looking for this. And then, yeah. an hour and a half later we're buying a car. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, I don't have time either. You know, it's just like funny though. Mm-hmm. It's like, I like to use those kind of like quips, but I'm interested. Um, so like, have you, have you ever, did you ever try to like, before you went into your, your company that you have now, did you ever try to like move industries when you're selling? So coming from door to door, maybe into mm-hmm. like tech or SaaS or anything like, what was that like for you? If you, if, um, you, ha- if you did that. Yeah. I, I, I worked for, my dad has a construction business okay. with a machine that he invented that smooths roads. That just takes the very, you know, a, a micro inch off of it all, all the way up to an inch. Um, but anyways, creating a new market. So I, I jumped into that. I, I was still doing sales, but that was, you know, construction sales to governments, very, very different. But yeah. because I was only doing a summer sales program, um, I, I had an off season, right? I had the majority of the year, I wasn't. All right, guys, I want to talk to you about another sponsor of the podcast, Norm Wilkinson, the happy health insurance guy. If you're like me, if you're a 1099 employee, an entrepreneur, it can be really, really difficult to find health insurance. And on top of all of that, Who wants to spend their time looking for it? We don't know what it means. We don't know what coverage we need, or we do know what coverage we need, and we don't want to go looking and searching for it. Norm Wilkinson solves all of those problems. He's the happy health insurance guy. He'll get you a free consultation and a quote to get the right plan for your situation to protect you, your family, and ultimately your business. Go check out his website, thehappyhealthinsuranceguy.com. Links in the description below. And thank you so much for listening. It'll be the best decision you ever made. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Othership. Othership is a meditation and breathwork app that I've been using forever to cool down, to calm down, to energize, to start my day, to end my day, and everything in between. They have bite-sized exercises that are accompanied with music to help you and your breath go along with the beat so that it makes meditation and breathwork fun and easy. They have minute-long sessions or hour-long sessions, so you can go for as little or as long as you like to fit with your schedule. Breathwork 
It has changed my life. Other ship has changed my life. You guys won't regret this. Robbie Bent was on my podcast before. He's an amazing human being. He's got an amazing team. Go check out this app. The link to everything are in the description below. And I promise it'll be the best thing you've ever done. Thank you so much. Working and I always made enough money to kind of last me through there. So I also did do a marketing um, for my brother. He was doing uh, like follow-up or not follow-up, but sales funnels. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I helped, yeah, yeah. you know, do that. But those are, those are just side things because I didn't, you know, trying to stay busy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I love that. Um, because like, I wonder if, um, you had the same, a similar experience to me. And if you did like wondering how you like you approach that, because for me, like I switched from like car sales to like tech sales and like more of like a high, you know, business to business sale. Um, but I, but I came from that B2C and I've had other friends who've had like similar experiences where like, it was hard to transition because like people like people in like the tech or like that B to big B2B world don't take like B2C salespeople seriously. Have you ever, have yeah. you ever felt that? Or like, am I totally off base? Um, I could imagine that. I, I personally okay. don't know if I felt that. And I think it's because I'm a professional salesperson. Yeah. So how are they going to know what, what I did before? <laughs> you know, but yeah, if, yeah, if it's like, point. I'm going to sell you because I'm going to head nod and smile like they teach in pest control. <laughs> like you want pest control, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, that's bullshit. Get that out of here. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to want to talk with somebody that uses stupid sales techniques on me. Sure, sure, but sure. If somebody's sure. asking me questions and not giving me these stupid one-liners and, um, you know, and, and, and listening and asking the right questions, I think that's where somebody's going to take you seriously or not. But like, I, I, I moved away from pass control because I didn't view it as a professional sales. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. It's, it's, a you know, there's, a lot of great people in pest control, a lot of high talent, but yeah. it's not <clears throat> for me working on like being my, my best self and the best salesperson I can be pest control is a wham, bam, done, you know? Yeah. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. That's what that's, yeah. what that's <laughs> you know, you knock on a door 15 minutes later, they're sold and you'll never see them again. That's not right. a professional sell. Um, so that's when I wanted to get into yeah. these other things. And then that's ultimately why I wanted to get into solar wasn't even for the money. Um, cause everybody told me, oh, you can't make that much money in solar in a summer because, you know, it takes you four months to install. Um, anyways, but I'm like, but it's a professional sell and it's going to make me more of a professional salesperson. Teach me the follow-up side of that. Yeah. Uh, I like, I think you're exactly right. I like that a lot because there is a difference. Like you, there is a difference between like that door-to-door -door sale, um, and like, and then like, you know, maybe a higher ticket sale. Cause like I, I left car sales for like the same reason. Like I wanted to be like, I was seeing all of these big business people like come mm -hmm. in and buy cars, like, you know, selling like Hondas, which is more of the, you know, more expensive consumer brand, Mercedes Benz, like all of these big brands and like seeing these business people come in and then you inevitably just start asking people like, what do you do? What do, you do? And yeah. like none of them sell cars. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> all right, well, that's a sign. Like yeah. if I want to be like that, I, I can't sell cars my entire life. <laughs> so, so I, I think my transition was a little bit easier because I was just so heavily invested into reading every book, listening to every podcast, practicing role-playing with myself, just a freaking just a nerd, <laughs> just a sales nerd. So like when I jumped yeah. into these other things, like I, I, I knew it, I, I felt like I, I, I had a pretty good grasp and I don't feel like anybody thought, oh, this guy's brand new mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. he's brand new to, you know, 
the government sells or, or B2B sells. He was just yeah. a pest control rep. But I, I can see, I would definitely agree that like 80, 90%, if you just grabbed a pest control rep and you threw him and said, sell uh, medical so software or uh, medical yeah. equipment or, you know, SaaS, they're, they're not going to be. It's different. It. Yeah, it's different. Well, and that's what I had to learn. Like I had to be like, and that's why I left like the auto industry for selling. And, and the main reason was because of that, right? Like, you know, like, sure, I can sell a $150,000 car. And I did that quite frequently, right? But like, that's not the same as like talking to a bunch of executives and getting that strategic alignment and all of that stuff. And just kind of being in that more, like you said, professional sale. And so, I, yeah, I think, I think you're right I, on with that. I, I felt like with pest control, I could be manipulative. Like I could kind of well, trick yeah. somebody into yeah. buying pest control because it was so quick. And it was just like, I'm going to divert your attention over here. Then I'm going to rephrase this over here. And I'm going to yeah. head nod and smile at you. And subconsciously, but it's like, you can't do that if you have to leave and come back, right? <laughs> if, I, if it's like, yeah, I can yeah. sell you now, but if you can cancel tomorrow, like this isn't going to work. I actually have to make sell. it a win for you. Yep. I yep. have to you get you to agree. And I have to get you to feel like it was your decision. It wasn't mine. You can't feel like I sold you. I pushed you to do this. You have right. to draw the conclusion yourself. I'm just going to give you the facts and help you make an educated decision. But the decision yeah has to be coming for anyways but with pest control right man, it was just like I, I i listened to uh grant cardone's uh <laughs> self, the closers survival, survival guide. guide oh i, I literally <laughs> memorized those and those are the most ridiculous uh, they're crazy bro and they're i crazy, used bro. them like somebody would tell me no and i with pest control and i would say do it for me <laughs> yeah yeah and they'd be like that <laughs> i would say that they're like if you're not gonna do it for you do it for me man this would really help me out you know and like yeah. i would use those cheesy little clothes and that's where i get like the manipulation like yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. works it worked because but it was the, like yeah i was gonna say him. but um i was like this is ridiculous but that's not gonna work like you're, you're selling yeah um a software and you're like you tell another business like do it for they don't give a damn about you yeah they don't <laughs> you know what i mean so that's it's true though it's true though by the way first so grant cardone started in the auto industry and i started uh, in the auto industry when when he was just like an auto sales trainer like he hadn't right. gotten into real estate yet but and that was the first book i got from him uh -huh. and uh <laughs> yeah and then i just i probably spent like way too much money with grant cardone but it is what it is <laughs> i mean it helped me out a ton yeah i was gonna say it I remember my goal was to sell 400 pest uh, control accounts. That was my first summer yeah, going out yeah. and uh, my first full summer. And about halfway through, I took a break to go. I was in North Carolina, I drove down to Florida. That's where my family's from. And during that break, I, I was like, it was like just over halfway the summer. I was only at 180 accounts. So I'd already gone over half and I wasn't halfway to my goal yet. So I had to kick it in gear. Um, and that's, that's really what changed it for me. Cause I did hit over 400 accounts and yeah. I just listened to that on the way down and then I would pause it and then I would say it out loud. And then I would alter it to be into uh, like your personality. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my person, my personality plus pest control and how I, yeah. and I just okay, wrote yeah. every one of those down and memorize them word for word. I probably said them, you know, 50 <laughs> times each Heck because yeah, I, I definitely would be up to say it out loud. Um, yeah without reading it to memorize it and then it just yeah. flows naturally so it I definitely uh, I, it definitely <laughs> taught me some good manipulation skills no but a lot like, of it's like, good a lot of it's good well and that's what i said like a lot of it's good you could probably take like half of that book and throw it away like in my opinion uh, 
and then and the, but there's some that are actually like there, there are the some dichotomy. really good ones yeah. yeah there are some really good ones here but here's the dichotomy of sales like in my opinion like and this is what i learned like you know maybe like and maybe you saw this as well but like the hard part about sales is like for the most part like and i've even seen this in my big b2b sales because i think you're right yeah do it for me like you can't say that on a hundred fifty thousand dollar business deal yeah like that ceo is gonna like kick you out of the room yeah. but like the dichotomy of of selling for me is if they're not going to do it with me, they're probably going to do it with somebody else. Right. Yeah. And that's the hard part. And that's where people start like, you know, me, including, including me at the beginning, like going to Greg Cardone or going to like Joe Verde, like stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like trying to say anything. Right. Um, yeah. But, but to your point before, like a, a professional salesperson, what you mentioned before, and I really loved it was, you know, helping people understand that, you know, they, they need this for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Not for me. Right. And, uh, Jeffrey Gitmer, you know, famous salesperson or whatever sales trainer, he said, people don't love to be sold, but they love to buy. Yep. And I'm sure you've heard that, but that's yeah. kind of the epitome of a salesperson, right? Like yep. helping people buy. <laughs> yeah. But if it's kind of like, what, well, well, would you, uh, I mean, you could pit people in the corners and, and, you know, like, well, would yeah. this make sense? Well, would this make sense? Okay. Well then obviously my product would make sense. And that's the only other way. It's like, no, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chill. Don't yeah, do that. Like, people, relax. people don't like that. People know what you're doing. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's a great, that, yeah, people do know what you're doing. So to your point, you know, because I love this, like when I talk to people about sales and when I'm in my like sales mastermind group, um, we talk about selling with empathy, right. And like reaching mm -hmm. out to people, like meeting them where they are, helping them uncover problems. But like, you know, the, the most important part of the sales process and what you were talking about is like qualifying, like figuring out what's going on. And the, the opposite of qualifying is disqualifying. And I think yeah. salespeople are afraid to disqualify yeah. people, right? Like, like we are obviously not a good fit and that's totally fine. Like let's you have that, you know, like the commission breath, right? You're just kind of like, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. I'm going to bend over backwards and make this sell. But it's like, it has to be a win-win, definitely a win for yeah. them, but it also has to win, be win for you and your company or else I agree. you're just entering into a partnership that one person or both people eventually will probably resent each other. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, if you get the wrong customer through there, you know, my philosophy with that and my, and my experience with that is like, if you get the wrong client, you, you always, almost always lose money and you almost mm -hmm. always get a bad like review yep. and we still have to deal with each other for however long this contract yeah. is going to last. Right. Like that's not fun for me. I don't want to do that. And uh, yeah. And I think you're right. Like, I love that commission breath. I heard that. Um, but to, you know, going back to this, like one of the things that I really learned from the, that book, that closer survival guide was the takeaway close. And it's that idea, right? Like, Hey, like we're probably not a good fit. And he was using it as like a manipulation tactic. But when yeah. I learned that it, it was like an actual, like, Hey, we probably shouldn't do business. I actually closed more clients and made more money with like mm -hmm. higher quality clients because I wasn't afraid to like disqualify people yeah. or like, just be like, Hey, this is too much for you. Like, I totally understand. And by the way, no problem. Like here's another resource you can go that would probably solve your issue better. And mm -hmm. like, we'll shake hands and, and be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Ma making them want you definitely, <laughs> that definitely works. Um, yeah. But, but you have to have the confidence with most salespeople, you know, yeah. as you're beginning, you're like, well, I'm, I would never say that because what if they <laughs> tell me no and they fear yeah. the no 
you know, but once right, you get right, right. 10,000 no's, 20,000 no's, you're just like, <laughs> oh, whatever. It's another yeah. no, who cares? Yeah, I know, dude, I, I totally agree. And, but, but it's kind of like, yeah, the confidence. I love that you brought that up. How do you build confidence as a salesperson? Um, education. I love that. I mean, I, I, people, well, at least in the, I, I'm, I'm speaking mainly to the summer sales, Utah kind of culture and people <laughs> come out and it's, and it's seen as, um, and, and as you know, a stepping stone, I guess, to whatever their career is going to be, which is fine. I think it is a, the best stepping stone out there. It teaches the skills, yeah. but people are like, well, oh, I want to make a hundred grand my first summer. And it's like, okay, what, what other options do you have to make a hundred thousand dollars in a few months? You could be a freaking neurosurgeon. Okay, what is the schooling and the education required to do that? And then it's like, okay, we'll put that, like you have to have that mindset of like, if I'm going to make that much money, I have to bring that much value. And in any other profession, including sales, so not any in all professions, you have to be educated and know that. But for whatever reason, people think they could just jump into sales and it's like, you have it or you don't. It's natural. I'm not a natural salesperson. It's like, well, I don't, no, I ever talk to people in the freaking grocery store, you know, like, <laughs> are you, who's a natural doctor? Like, yeah. well, what does that mean? Who's a natural lawyer? Like, yeah, you can be born with a predisposition of like communication or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. like, I want to be a doctor. I got nauseous when I saw blood. <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, I just want to do it for money. Right. <laughs> so like, I wasn't, a, yeah. I wasn't a born doctor, but nobody is, but I'm on the lower spectrum. Right. I, I'm sure I could have overcome that, but with sales, that's people. A lot of people think like, Oh, I'm just, I wasn't born that way. I'm not yes. an extra. I'm like, dude, I'm not an extrovert. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't talk to anybody. I, Ask yeah. any of my clients. I don't. I don't. I don't ask them about their pets or their animals or their dog or their family. <laughs> I'm not there for that. Like I don't yeah, build yeah. the rapport. But for whatever reason, it's worked for me because, like, I just get straight down to the point. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you kind of sell how you want to be sold, and then you know, and that's right. that's how I want to be sold. I don't. I don't. I don't want to talk about my my kids with somebody who's trying to sell me. Uh, a card, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I like, let's just get down pertain to it. Yeah. Just, just, just give me the yeah. facts and let me make yeah. a decision. I like that because no, and, and that's, so two things that you brought up the first thing, because the second thing is kind of big and I want to kind of dive into that one. But the first thing that you brought up is like, yeah, like personalities change. Like when I was in high school, I was totally an extrovert, could make friends with like anybody. Now I've kind of like more reserved. Um, and I can yeah. still like work a room, like if we're networking, like I'll still do that. But like, it's, it definitely is something that I have to turn on more now than like when I was yeah. younger, you know? And uh, yeah. And, and that's also why there's a million salespeople is because like, you're, you know, this person might not get along with me and I got to be cool with that. Like, but cause there's a hundred other people that will. And so, you know what I mean? Just kind of moving down mm -hmm. the road. And, and I like that. I think that's a great way to do it. Like I think salespeople get scared because they think they have to sell everybody. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I might be wrong here, but I just don't live by that. Like, so I, I'm okay with knowing that like, for me, some people aren't going to work and yep. like, I just gotta be cool with that, you know? Um, okay. The second thing that I wanted to bring up is you mentioned this earlier and just brought it up again. And, and it reminded me, like, I want to talk about this, the idea that like you, people really do think that like, ah, you don't need to go to college, just go sell something and make a million dollars a year. And I'm like, no, like yeah. you still have to pay to play. You still got to like put in the work. You got to learn. Like, that's why I don't subscribe to like the college bashing is because 
I don't think college is for everybody. I think college is for some people, not for other people. But the problem we get into is this right here. People mm -hmm. think they can just run in here and do whatever the hell they want, not learn anything and make a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars in a, in the summer. Like that's not real. Right. Yeah. No, a hundred percent people. I like that. You said you're not into the college basket. Cause I'm like, oh, maybe I'm a little, a little bit of a college basher. <laughs> I dropped out when I had one semester left just to, uh, just yeah. to stick it to the man. <laughs> well, um, no, like it's, I, but I'm not either way. Like, but, I'm not but I like, agree with you on that yeah. of like, you can't leave college because I, I, that gets misinterpreted all the time. It's like, oh, yeah. well, Mark Zuckerberg left college. Well, it's like, well, it wasn't because he was dumb. <laughs> wasn't because he did because he was lazy. Wasn't because yeah, he didn't yeah, make yeah. it to class. Right. Um, it was because he had a better opportunity because yeah. he's he, through education, right? He educated himself through coding or whatever the hell he was doing. Yeah. Um, but people are like, oh, I don't, I don't need that. I could just go do X, Y, Z. It's like, well, if you put the time in to learn, you can like, but you yeah. need to be a master of what you're doing. So whether yeah. that's college or audible books and YouTube, but like as silly as it sounds like you, you, you have to put the time in, even if it's just the, the YouTube education, There's so much education, out there, you <laughs> can do it, but you have to put in the time and look at it as a, I'm skipping college and I'm going to replace all the time I was going to put in college into this other form of education. Right. Right. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's kind of where I live in. Like, like the reason I don't, I don't, well, two reasons, like one, I, I do have um, a degree and almost done with my second one. But like, the second thing is, is like, um, is that point? It's like, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of Harvard. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't get into Harvard in the first place. So yes. that's, that's what, that's the first difference between me and Mark Zuckerberg. And then the second difference is he dropped out of Harvard and then like literally, literally spent twice the amount of time coding mm -hmm. and building Facebook than he would have spent in the classroom. So it's like, it's that old ad is just like, I left my nine to five to work 24 seven on my own. Right. Like, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, no, that's, you know. that's what, that's what happens. And I, I see that <laughs> with kids that don't try hard and they're like, Oh, you yeah. dropped out. Right. And it's like, yeah, well, I dropped out with a 4.0, you know, like I was doing <laughs> fine. I yeah. was doing fine. I was going to graduate. Um, yeah. But it's, I chose to educate myself in a different way. I didn't just yeah. say, I'm not going to educate myself because there's something easier. It's just something that's more applicable to what I want to do, which was business and sales. And I mean, find a good program that teaches you business and sales quicker than YouTube and uh, audible books <laughs> and knocking doors. And I would love to, love to do that. Right. Well, that's why I'm always like the only time I'm really critical of college is like specific degrees and the, the one I'm most critical of is like a professional sales degree. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like that's probably the biggest waste of money that you could see. See, I've heard of that and it sounds appealing. I don't know anything about it though. So I'm like, well, oh, if I knew about that, I might go into that. But so I'm, yeah. I'm interested to, to why you say that. Well, because here's my thing is like you take, so you spent four years for a degree and you spent however mm -hmm. much money. It could have been even less than a normal degree could have been 20 grand or something for four years, which is pretty cheap, but you spent four years, not talking to live human beings, mm -hmm. trying to yeah. exchange value with them. Like if you know what I mean, you would have been better off selling cars for six months. You probably learned more about sales and sure. human, you know, selling pest control or selling cars before you ever went in there. So I'm not saying it's a bad program. I'm just saying, I think it's a, like, I'm sure you learned it, a lot. It's of a late, yeah. You can get the same information in a shorter amount of time by just practicing it. Yeah. Because like, 
you know, I hired somebody out of that program when I was in cars, like they were like, Oh, yeah, just spent four. And so I was just curious. I was like, All right, well, let's talk about your degree, then. Like, what did you learn and how to sell? And he said a few things. And I was like, Yeah, but that's not real life. Like you can't let's like reading the Grant Cardone book. I'm like, you couldn't actually say that to somebody. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? You and then, you know, the experience. And then I asked him, so like, what did you sell? What did you end up selling or like what do you want to sell he's like oh we didn't sell anything and i have no clue what i want to do and it's like uh, man you're in the wrong <laughs> you're in the wrong gig i don't know that's just why i'm just really critical of it like if you do it like it's fine right. but if you wanted to actually learn sales go find somebody who, who will let you be an sdr or go to sell pests or go sell cars or go sell phones like you'll learn more mm -hmm. about human nature and like psychology than you would in a, in a yeah i like that jumping industries and selling different products, it's always the, uh, you, you just get out there and you do it. Then you get objections and then you go recraft your pitch to overcome those objections before you get thrown at them. And then they give you other objections and then you go recraft your pitch again. And then every single time you get an objection, it's what can I do differently to not get this objection in the first place? Right. Um, and, and then you slowly, I mean, or, or even relatively quickly, like you yeah. just going and selling a product or an idea, like this goes straight to entrepreneurship. You know, people just jump into a business. It's like, well, did you test it? Did you go try to sell it first? Did people yeah. buy it? You know, would people yeah. give you money for it? And a lot of the, a lot of the time it's like, oh yeah, my grandma told me yes. It's like, well, did your grandma write you a check? <laughs> you know, like yeah. people like your idea, but are they actually buying it? And yeah. if not, because typically they don't, why? And then go back to the drawing board and fix that problem. Mm -hmm. And then go take mm -hmm. it. So like, I've loved being the owner of a company as a salesperson, because I go sell a franchise and I get objections. And then what do I do? Yeah. You know, am I going to try to bullcrap my way through an answer? No, I'm not. What I'm going to do is go on the back end and ask somebody in operations who works for me, how do we fix this? So I don't get this mm -hmm. objection anymore. And then I can craft a business around sales. Kind of yeah. like, I mean, Vivint does such a good job about that, right? They, they are not a security company. They are a sales force that happens to sell security. And it's so sales oriented that it's like, oh, well, what do customers like the best? The doorbell camera. Well, let's go make the best doorbell camera, right? Yeah. A lot of companies are like, let's just make what's cool and then hire people to go sell it. But it's like, well, no, get, it's, it's really beneficial to get that feedback from the salespeople. This is what my, the customer wants because who knows yeah. it better than the salesperson? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I love that <clears throat> because it just points out so many things that are necessary to learn the profession of selling. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, and like, I think the best way you learn selling is just by doing it, like finding a good mentor, like you're saying, like, and the other thing I don't like about college bashing <clears throat> is people think that like, not only can they not go to college and, and make a million dollars selling, but like that they don't have to put the time or money into it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like when I first yeah. started selling, I had to get a mentor and they kind of did it in a weird way. Like we had to split all of our deals in car sales, which some people are like, oh, that's stealing or whatever. But I took it as like, hey, look, I'm not paying for college. I'm going to pay to learn. If I'm going to give this guy half a mm -hmm. deal, then I'm going to, then everything that this guy knows, I am going to yeah. learn. You know what I mean? So it just was oh, another that's education huge. thing. Yeah. That's huge. Not just the education, but the money. It's like, wait, you just saved how much by not going to college? Well, reinvest that in yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then like, yeah, I, so selling for me is one of those things that like, 
I think you just find a really good mentor. You join a nice community where you can bounce ideas off of each other. You, you hang out with other salespeople and, and learn from each other. And then you get out there and do it. Seems to be the oldest profession. So there's like (laughs) more freaking information about sales than anything else. I feel like maybe that's just because what I'm studying, but it is, uh, there's so many, so many good books on diving into the psychology of selling. Right. I mean, that's yeah. actually a book, The Psychology of Selling by yeah. Brian Tracy. That was one of the, the great books. But great book. like, great book. What are people looking for? And then again, like when I was selling pest control to when I started selling solar, like my solar pitch, I had slides, right? I uh-huh. kind of like a little pitch deck that I, I took. And the first slide was, Why are you meeting with me? You know, why did you accept <laughs> the appointment? Um, oh, well, because I'm interested in solar. Okay. Why are you interested in solar? Yeah. Oh, my neighbor yeah. Has it. oh does your neighbor like it? Yeah. Why does their neighbor <laughs> like it? Oh, because they save money. Okay. So you're probably looking to save some money. Yeah. Why else? What, what else are you hoping to get from this meeting? Like, why did you yeah. accept this meeting? Well, I don't know. I just wanted to get some education on it. Okay. Well, education for what? Oh, well, maybe I might want to buy it someday. Okay. So you get all of the, everything <laughs> that they want in the first slide. And then on the bottom half of the first slide, it's uh, we live in San Diego. Why haven't you gone solar yet? Like, what are you waiting on? Right. Oh, yeah. well, because my neighbor, got, <laughs> this neighbor got scammed. Oh, because I don't have the money. Oh, because I'm moving soon. Okay. Well, why else? Oh, well, uh, you know, and then they just yeah, keep going. Whatever, but yeah. in that first slide, I know everything they want and everything they don't want. And then I go, mm-hmm. okay, well, what I'm going to do, you know, and then I take them through the expectations and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to explain solar. I'm going to go through the numbers and then I'm going to ask you for a yes or no. However, like I already know, and I, because in that first slide, it's like, well, I want to save money. And it's not like, cool. It's, oh, how much money do you want to save? You know, typically we save our clients 20 to 30% with no money down. Would that make you happy? Yes. They say, yes, I have the sell because I know I'm saving them 50%. Yeah. You know, so I'm setting the expectation, um, but I know that. So then in my expectation slide, my second slide, it's, now, I know what you want, and I'm going to end the presentation if I don't think I can get you what you want, because I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. But yeah. if I get to the numbers, solar is math, right? It's just a yes <laughs> or a no if the math is in your favor. And if it's a yes, I mean, if the math's in your favor, you're going to tell me yes. If it's not, I'm not even going to ask you to buy because I already know what you want. And then it's yeah. like, it just takes off the pressure. Like, they know that I'm not going to ask them to buy something they don't want. I know <laughs> yeah, what they want. Yeah, yeah. And I promise them I'm only going to offer them what they want. Or else I'm going to get out because I value my time and I value their time. Yeah. And a lot of people like won't do that. Right. Yeah. Which blows my mind. It's like, dude, the faster we can get like, and, and I'm not saying, and there's a fine line, right? Like you mm-hmm. don't want to disqualify somebody because you did a shitty job at qualifying them. Right. right. <laughs> like, but if you've done everything and like, this isn't a fit, then like you shouldn't be afraid to leave because like, I have more people ready to go. Like I have more yeah. people ready to go. And, and it really is just a waste of time. But like, I just yeah, feel like people I kind agree. of dance around issues and they're yeah. like, hopefully this person <laughs> told me that they only want an American made panel and I have a Chinese panel, but hopefully I'm just going to overcome it later in the pitch. And it's no, like, dude. no, just like tackle it. <laughs> just like yeah. see what's going on. Don't give an hour presentation <laughs> and then say, oh, by the way, they're they're only Chinese make, but blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, that's dumb. Yeah. I feel like people just are crossing their you fingers. Should, yeah. Like at the end of the cell, that maybe they're going to change their mind on that objection. You're like, Dude. just, just overcome it. Like, no. Yeah. And if you can't get out of there, yeah, yeah. you're wasting their time. That would be my first question. We only like American made panels. Like, is that a deal breaker for you? Or are you open yeah. to other options? If it, if it made sense, like, 
That's my favorite. Yeah. That was my favorite question in the car world. Like I have to have red. I go, okay, cool. So red is a deal. So if I'm understanding you correctly, red is a deal breaker. Or if I had another car that made sense, would you take that? And yeah. most of the time I got, well, I mean, yeah, if it was a good deal, then sure. Then, yeah. okay, cool. Like, so red. Okay, really well, what's a good deal for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then you kind of explore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's nice to know that you have the sale in the first five minutes and the rest is just right. a formality of education. But yeah. it's like, I know what you want. I know what you don't want. Obviously, I know with all that information, if I can give it to you or not. Right. So yeah. if I can, then it's a sell. And it's we're, we're five minutes in the presentation. Now, I'm not going to skip over my warranties. Sure. Because I have to do it. But the rest is just a formality and making them feel more comfortable. But it's yeah. like, I have the sell because yeah. I can give them what they want. And it's a win for them. Yeah, exactly. No, I couldn't agree more because I've never been a fan like, Ever since I learned like the professional sale, right? Like you said, um, mm -hmm. I've never been a fan of like hard closing. Like to me, a cl like closing is just like reminding people like, okay, you know, okay, Bennett sounds like, you know, we, this is what you'd be paying. Yeah. This is what you said you wanted. We got it all. It all lines up. I just need your okay right here. We'll get it all ready to yeah. go. It's just, and a, then it's, like, it's you know, natural, it's not a, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's not a, I'm going to ask you to buy and you're going to give me objections. Right. Like that, there are no objections when I ask you to buy and you right. don't even ask them to buy. You just say, this is the next step in this process. Right. And they're like, cool. Yeah. You yeah, already that's great. Yeah. yeah. Next step but is to, yeah. Get it, this all completely filled out against that closer survivor guide, right? This closer survivor <laughs> guide is how do you just keep asking them to buy? And it's like, like wearing them down. If, if like you, If you yeah. did the presentation correctly. Yeah. I mean, so, so people shadow you right. In sales. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I get this all the time. And, and I, I'm sure I've said this to other people, um, man, that was a lay down, you know, like, man, that, <laughs> that was the easiest sell. And then right. you go watch them do another one. And then another one, you're like, man, you're, you're the like, luckiest human alive. Yeah, you're like, nobody this. gives you objections. <laughs> you are walking on water, man. I could sell what you sell if I knocked on the same door as you knocked. And you're like, what? You, you really think I'm just like selling 10 pest control accounts in a day because I got 10 lucky customers. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you're like, no, 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 no. it's, yeah. I'm not getting objections, but because of my sales process, I'm not getting objections. <laughs> it's not because yeah. these are easy sales. It's because I've framed it right. So when I ask them to buy, or it comes to make that decision, they're, they're, it seems yeah. like it's easy because you've walked them through it, but everybody else is yeah. like, you know, in a new rookie, they're like, Oh, that was so easy. That was so easy. Like you got yeah, so uh, anybody can do this. Yeah. All right, cool. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I'll see you um, tomorrow when you get zero sales. <laughs> yeah. Come back. Yeah. Come back and we'll shout out tomorrow. All right. Uh, no, I love that because you're absolutely right. And like a good sales process handles objections. Like before they come, like, I like to ask questions that are around potential objections. So like one of my yeah. favorites is like, who are you comparing me against? Because I don't yeah. want that. I don't want the objection of like, well, I still got to go look other places. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm going to handle that before it even becomes an issue. Yeah. And, and again, I think it's just the fear of most people are like, well, I don't want to know their, because what if like, I've, and I've heard this, I've heard this in actual sales training. You don't want to bring up objections that they don't already have. And it's like, well, I don't care if they don't know, like solar yeah. moving is a big objection. What if they don't ask me during my presentation about moving? Does that mean I shouldn't bring it up because I don't want to place that worry in their mind? Well, no, I'm going to bring yeah. it up because they're going to get that worry later on. Like, yeah, whether or not you're it. there. Yeah. But people are scared to do that because they're like, well, no, if I bring up like, who are you comparing me against? 
that is telling them subconsciously to go compare me with people. And it's like, no, it's well, not. no, it's not. No, it's, no, it's not. not. They're going to compare you. They're going to compare you. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. That was and always you, my thing. Yeah. They're going to, the, people are going to shop me anyway. Like, yeah. so I might as well be ready for it and, and let me have my say first. Right. Like, let me set up what I want to set up. Yep. Like I'm going to control the conversation with that question. Not the other way around, because like when they go compare, they're going to remember me, you know, they're going to remember that they had a good experience and they're going to yeah. meet someone who's or whatever happens. Right. Like I'm, I don't and know. nobody else is asking them that question. You know, nobody right. else is putting these uh, objections <laughs> in their mind to overcome them. Everybody else is kind of just avoiding, like it's a reactive yeah. approach where That's I think sales should nice. definitely be a proactive approach. It's yeah. not like, let me wait for the objection and then try to put up the fire. Once somebody's <laughs> told you no, to then go back and get a yes, that's a lot harder than right. just to never ask them until they're ready and then get the yes the first time. That's yeah, so much exactly. easier. Because right. when somebody says no, it's hard to turn them. It is. It is very difficult. I mean, uh, and if you do turn them, it takes lots of follow-up, right? Yeah. Um, which is not a bad thing, but but I love I love your point. Yeah, you just get, yeah, I just like, address everything up front. Like, cause I'd rather know. And by the way, if somebody said like, you know, like even in uh, my sale right now, you know, who are you comparing me to? Oh, we're com comparing you against attentive. And I go, I would just dive into that. Oh, attentive is great. Tell me what you like about them. Tell yeah. me how the first meeting went. Right. Oh, we haven't had a first meeting. Oh, actually the first, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, you, you, start... you, you want the information yeah. and you just, we get scared of it as, as, you know, new salespeople, we get scared of like, Oh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> well, and here's also why I like it because a good salesperson, and I'm sure you know this, right. But a good sales salesperson doesn't bash like their competitors. Oh, sure. yeah. And so, and so if I go in there and like, they're, you're comparing me against Toyota. Oh man. Well, it sounds like you're going to have a really tough decision because those are both great cars. And then they go meet the Toyota salesperson. They're definitely going to bash me. Yeah. And that's, and that's and the then who, who do they want to do business with? Yeah, right? exactly. Right. Somebody that's, you know, negative about everything or somebody <laughs> that's like, because here's the, here's the other like fear of sales is like, yeah. Salespeople are so worried about like getting the sell that you try to use that manipulation. You don't want to call it as it is. And right. the reality is Toyota is a great car. So yeah. when you tell them Toyota is a great car, they trust you because that's true. They know it's true. If you yeah. say, Oh, well, Toyota is a it's a, <laughs> a car, right? But their warranties and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, they, they know Toyota is a good car. You're not going to yeah. convince them otherwise. Right, right. And, and the more you try, the more discredit, the more you discredit yourself. Yourself, yeah. The more so I, I always try to find those like little pieces that I can tell them bad news that no other salesperson would tell them. Because right. that's going to make them trust me. If I tell right. them, look, this is what gives solar a black guy these are what you, these are the problems you want to avoid. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, or, Hey, is it, you know, it look, looks like your panel is better than their panel or whatever. It's like, I mean, in reality, they're, they're pretty much the same. Even if mine is a little bit better, like there's not much difference. That's not, that's not how you should make your decision. Right. And then like, right. Oh, wow. Why would he tell me that? You know, that's hurting <laughs> him. That's hurting yeah. him, but it's not hurting me. It's building trust, which helps me more than the stupid panel. <laughs> right yeah it's like, no it's true though like it's it's this counterintuitive approach to life and sales where you like in like i i just compare it to like chasing a chicken like i grew up in iowa right like if um, you try to chase a chicken it runs away from you like you'll never catch it mm -hmm. right um 
the way you catch a chicken is like, you know, you have a, you build a place for them to come, you know, you, you take care of them and then they come. Right. Uh, and so, and to, and to that, like that questioning is like kind of the same way. Like I'm just reinforcing that of course, Bennett, you, of course, you know how to make a good decision. You're looking at Honda and Toyota. Right? Yeah. And so I'm going to just tell you why we're different. Right. Because like, that's what you, that's what you, info you need. So yeah, here's what we got to offer. And then they're going to meet every other shitty salesperson and yeah. probably going to come back. You know what I mean? It is so much about that trust. So if you can throw in something that nobody else will say because yeah. it in a way hurts you, yeah, then it's like, oh, I trust this guy. He's giving yeah, me, he's, not- he's giving me the, the good, the bad and the ugly, even about his own company. Right. And it's like, right. yes, that is hurting me to an extent, but I'm making up for it in the in the in the trust that I just gained, which is actually offsetting and it is helping yeah. me more in the cell. So it's like you take one step back to take two steps forward because oh, yeah. trust is what they're going to go for. They're going to go off of the trust. They're not going to go off of your panels a little bit better or your cars a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, right? or your they're software go off of, or whatever. Is yeah. this guy going to screw me over? If he is he a slimy salesperson? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, oh no, this guy gets it right. He can actually help me, and he does care because he's going to tell me the truth. Like, yeah. He's going to tell me the truth. So anytime I love you can that. slide those little, uh, like, <laughs> this is the bad part about my company. Like, yeah. that's, that, those are good. Those are really yeah. good to do. I think so. I think like, tell hey, them the cons. Know. Don't just tell yeah. them the pros, tell them the cons. Right. You're right. And, and then let them weigh it out. Yeah. Well, and, and then, and by the way, like when it, it's kind of like when you teach like children, a principle, like I would rather me teach my kids something mm-hmm. than them learn it at school from other yeah. five-year-olds who don't know what the hell's going on. so of course yeah if if you're gonna come talk to me about my company i'm gonna tell you what i think is wrong with it or like some of the cons that we've heard from our our people and then but that also allows me to control the narrative a little bit right like yes this is an issue but this is also what we're doing about it this is also where you know where we win you don't want them to go yeah look at reviews and then they're like coming up with rejection if (laughs) honda has a recall you bring it up you know like hey this you're probably seeing this on the news let me tell you about it Right. Yeah. You, know, you control. Yeah, it's like that scene in the office. He's like, either the story, you control the story, or the story controls you. Um, I love, I, I don't know. I love the office, but dude, yeah. I'm really grateful. I know we're running on time. So I think we'll skip the lightning round, but like, dude, I'm really grateful for you and all your wisdom. Well, I appreciate it. It was fun being on. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. Yeah. Thank you.